Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right now we've got one of my favorite NBA writers in the country. Told you at the start of the show, this guy is 100% worth a follow on Twitter. Uh, if you're an NBA fan, it's one of, I, honestly, not just because he's my colleague. We've actually never met each other, so it's not like we're best buddies. This is one of the best follows on NBA Twitter, at Sam Quinn CBS. And if you decode that, you know that it's Sam Quinn from CBS who joins me right now. Sam, good morning, dude. What's um, what's going on? Bill, you're always great with the intros. It's very flattering. I'm in a great mood this morning. The Lakers finally looked somewhat decent last night. You know, like we're, we're headed in the right track. It's going to be a fun end of the season. This is good. You can offer some some balance to my my basically my thing is, and I think it's because I'm surrounded by Lakers fans at my house who constantly tell me how wrong my takes are. Like literally, I walked out the other day to an eight year old man who was in a walker, literally, and I was like, "Yo, Russell Westbrook, huh? I told you." So I'm a little negative. I'm a little negative. Give me the positivity. You're feeling you're feeling the moves at the trade deadline after last night's performance. Well, yes and no. Like, I can freely say, A, they got meaningfully better, right? Like, the vibes, especially those last few Westbrook games, were awful, and it had clearly reached a point where just having him on the team was untenable. That's clearly not the case anymore. Like, John Krasinski, the Athletic, had a really telling tweet last night where he said, D'Angelo Russell, smiling a lot. Didn't see much of that in Minnesota, right? So, for right now, it seems like everybody who's there is happy to be there, is, you know, in a good mood over the role, and they did get substantially better. Like, I think the thing you noticed last night more than anything is all of these new guys, A, they're very good passers for their position, or except for Beasley, but B, they move without the ball, and suddenly the Lakers actually look like a functional NBA offense where guys can make shots and guys move and they run plays, and it's not just, oh, Russ is going to dribble out the clock and take another three again. Like, it looks a lot more like a competent NBA team, and they did all that for one protected first-round pick. That honestly, like when I heard they traded the 2027 pick, I thought, that's crazy. But A, you have the top four protection. And B, and I think more importantly, it doesn't go out multiple years. The Jazz get one shot at it. The Lakers pick in the top four in 2027. They're not, or they're not giving up a first-round pick. All of that is valid. All of that is totally fair. Lakers fans should be excited about the team that's on the floor. All of that said... They're still five games below 500 at the All-Star break. They're still in pretty serious jeopardy of not getting into the top 10. Forget about the playoffs, just getting into the play-in and having two road games to make it into the playoffs. They don't See, have the optionality in the offseason anymore to go to a team with an angry superstar and say, we'll give you the two unprotected picks that are so far in the future, they're going to be pretty valuable. They only have one of those picks now. So my suspicion overall is that while they made themselves better and they made themselves pretty competitive, they didn't do enough to actually get into the championship conversation because they're so far out of it now. And also because these guys that they got are so one-dimensional in that they're all either very good on defense like Jared Vanderbilt or they're very good on offense like Beasley and Russell. They don't have many guys on the roster who do both, 
And when the playoffs come, you need guys who do both. So my suspicion here is that they built a roster that's going to be a lot better in the regular season and maybe sneaks them into the play-in, but isn't championship caliber. But without the 2027 pick, they don't have any way in the offseason to get back into the championship conversation. And if that was the goal, I'm a little confused as to what they did because right now it kind of seems like they took a half measure and they're somewhere stuck in the middle, which is exactly where the Lakers say they don't want to be. Completely agree, by the way. Sam Quinn here on the show. Sam, saying in the Western Conference, where do you come down on your sense of near certainty or not that the Phoenix Suns are the team that are coming out of the West if all those guys are healthy? I think the West, what's so interesting about it is that it's so it's going to be so matchup-based this year. And the bracket is so jumbled where, like, Denver is sitting at number one, and normally a number one seed is not going to be scared of a team that's at 500 at the All-Star break. The Nuggets want nothing to do with the Warriors, man. Like, they have still no way of defending all of those guards, that incredible pick-and-roll game. We saw that in the first round last year where they just put Jokic through a spin cycle. That said... If the Warriors ran into the Suns or the Clippers, they probably wouldn't be in the best shape, right? It's going to all be about matchups. If I'm the Suns, all I'm thinking is the team I'd like to avoid as long as possible, and the standings has them playing in the first round right now, is the Clippers. Because the Clippers are not as good as they are as a shooting team, but pretty close. They're much better defensively, and they're much deeper. So ultimately, I think if Phoenix got Denver, Phoenix would probably feel okay about that matchup. We saw a version of that matchup play out in 2021 where Jokic really had problems defending the the Suns because they're this ultimate mid-range shooting team and he doesn't have the foot speed to really keep up with them. So that was a real problem for them. That said, like, this is going to be a bracket year, right? This is going to be a year where if Denver can avoid Golden State, if the Clippers can avoid Denver, if everybody can just avoid that one team, I think there are five or six teams in the West that feel like if things break right, we've got a shot. Uh, Sam Quinn from CBS Sports here on the show. Sam Quinn, CBS on Twitter. Sam, let's 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 plug let's plug something we're working on. So we're putting together CBSSports.com is putting together with with many, most of its writers and editors a list that I believe drops next week. The top fifty players in the NBA this season. How long have you been able to contemplate this, and what does your top five look like? If you don't mind maybe pulling back the curtain a little bit on where your head's at of the best guys in the game. You know, it's funny. I, Me and another one of our colleagues, James Herbert, yesterday spent about an hour just debating the last few spots. And those are when you make a list like this, you tend to feel pretty good about the top. It's the last few that really 100%. get you. Yep. My top five right now I feel pretty good about. And to be clear, this is not a ranking of the 50 best players in the NBA. It's the 50 best players so far this season. I might change this if we factored in the playoffs. But based on what we've seen this season, I feel pretty comfortable with the following five players in my top five spots. One, Nikola Jokic. Two, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Three, Luka Doncic. Four, Jason Tatum. Five, Kevin Durant. The only other guy I considered for the top five was Joel Embiid. Yeah, if Joel you want Embiid. to say Durant missed too many games, that's wow. fine. I ultimately came down with Durant in the top five because I was going to pick him for MVP before he got hurt. If you think he missed too many games, you put Embiid in that slot. I think those are the six guys that have stood above the field. So here's one that's tricky for me, and I have a personal history with this guy that is far from positive, although I pride myself of putting that aside, and I voted for him years ago in the sort of aftermath of, of his um, – of his of his interaction with me at third or fourth, I can't remember in the MVP vote, the actual vote. 
I don't have Chris Paul on my list, and and I kept trying I to either. find a way to. Yeah, right. I just and to start the year, I can't remember where we, where I put him, Sam, but I'm sure it was top fifteen. I'm sure it was. Off the, I don't have that off the top of my head. Is he just? I guess he's, and I knew it, but I guess he's just that faded and maybe washed this year. Well, I mean, I think about this. I mean, a he's missed games. He hasn't right. scored well at all this year. But the thing that I really look at and say, this is going to be a problem when the playoffs come, the regular season is about strengths and the playoffs are about weaknesses. Right now, Chris Paul has a lot of weaknesses that are kind of just due to the fact that he's 37, right? Like, I mean, realistically, what's going to happen when they play against a team, if they get Dallas, if they get the Clippers, a team with a lot of, you know, good isolation one-on-one scores is, you know, Kawhi Leonard's going to walk the ball up the floor. He's going to point to whoever is, Chris Paul is guarding and say, come screen for me. I want the switch on the ball and I'm going to roast him because he's six feet and he is 37 years old and he can't stay in front of me and he can't get a hand in my face. That is a real problem. That was a lot easier to deal with when you had a full deep roster of defenders, when he was a bit younger. I mean, you look at the golden state Houston series a few years ago, he was great playing switch defense back then, right? He's just lost too much physically for that now. He's not scoring enough. All he really can do is shoot jumpers, at least in the score. He's not going to get to the rim at all. Defenders know that. He's going to be valuable for Phoenix. Like, let me be very clear. I don't know that the Suns would be the favorites that they are in the Western Conference without Chris Paul. He's going to be very essential in connecting those guys, right, in actually getting them to run a functional team offense. Because otherwise, it would too often boil down to Durant's going to take a mid-range jumper and then Booker's going to take a mid-range jumper. Paul's going to be really essential to their pick-and-roll game. He's going to be really essential to just keeping the trains running on time and making sure that, you know, the ball is moving and the players are moving. Having somebody who can direct traffic like that, very important. But you just look at the guys that are, you know, at the bottom of this list. I have LaMelo Ball at 47. LaMelo Ball is far better than Chris Paul right now just because LaMelo Ball isn't 37 years old, right? Like, you look at the guys at that range of the list. Desmond Bain, I have 48. Desmond Bain would have been an all-star if he hadn't got hurt early in the season. I have Bradley Beal at 41. There are a lot of really good players in the NBA right now that don't have the shortcomings that most 37-year-olds have. I say most because LeBron is apparently in his own separate universe. But otherwise, you get to 37, you have flaws that are going to become really problematic when you get to the playoffs. Sam, let me ask you this last one. I, I I don't think it's breaking news that most people, fans, media, people around the NBA, think that there are two great teams in the Eastern Conference, that the Celtics and the Bucks, when healthy, are, are more than capable of winning the whole thing and certainly being in, in the mix. When you go beyond that list in the Eastern Conference, and for me it would include, to a small degree, Cleveland and to a larger degree, Philly, but for you, how, how many teams do you think, if the matchups fall the right way, if things fall the right way, have a chance, not a, not a big one, but a legitimate chance, chance to come out of the East who aren't Boston and Milwaukee. Are there any other teams for you on that list? Yeah, you know, we flip-flop. I am not super into Philly. I, I don't think Philly's got much of a shot, at least relative to what you'd expect to have a three-seed, because I just don't think James Harden is going to make it through four playoff rounds because he never has, right? Like, what, do we, what did we have, see last year, right, when Harden just melted down against the Heat? How many times did we see that against Houston, right? I mean, uh, when he was in Houston. I just don't trust him to play four great playoff rounds, especially now that like he's not scoring at nearly the level that he used to. On the other hand, I look at Cleveland. They have a better net rating than Milwaukee. Their point differential is right there with Boston and ahead of anybody else in the West. Anybody in the West. Isaac Okoro, 
starting to come on a little bit as that fifth guy. I mean, I think a lot of people right now are looking at, oh, they bought up Kevin Love. That was strange. You know, a lot of guys that they might have expected more of out of this season, guys like Dean Wade, maybe they haven't gotten as much as they would have liked. But the four guys on that team are really good, and Isaac Okoro is starting to show just enough on offense that you might feel, okay, we know at least that we're going to have five guys we can put on the floor at the end of games and that they can compete with pretty much anybody. Now, I don't know that they're a great matchup for Boston because they have two small guards and they have two bigs, and Boston has two wings, so it's kind of a weird matchup for them. But if they got Milwaukee, if that's the 2-3 matchup, they've got a lot of bodies to throw at Giannis, and if you have that, that is the single biggest thing you can have to use against the Bucks. So I still think the Bucks are probably the best team in the East, and the Bucks and the Celtics are probably in a tier by themselves. If there's a third team, I think it's going to be Cleveland. I love it. I love that. Sam Quinn, CBS Sports, cbsports.com, at Sam Quinn, CBS. As always, buddy, great stuff. Love the insight. Appreciate the time. Anytime. Thanks for having me, Bill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 